In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Leiter. It's a post-game edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. The Browns lose to the Cincinnati Bengals by a final of 23-10. The Browns fall to 5-8. They are 2-5 now on the road. The Bengals uh, stay pat with the Ravens among the tops in the AFC North. At 9-4, and four, they are 5-1 and one at home. The show today brought to you locally by Smiley One, heating, cooling, and plumbing. Bryant and Smiley One, the right choice for your comfort. Again, he is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. First thoughts on today's game. Yeah, a little disappointing. I mean, it just it feels like another opportunity lost. Uh, I really felt this was a winnable game for the Browns. The, uh, the Bengals uh, basically had Jamar Chase at receiver, and that was it, right? Um, and the Browns were helpless to, to stop, uh, Jamar, uh, 119 yards on 10 catches. Uh, Joe Mixon was outstanding four yards shy of a hundy. Look, I mean, Deshaun Watson was better, but the guy can't turn water into wine just yet. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's, it was, he seemed a little more comfortable out there, but just th- this offense right now is very, very painful. Uh, to watch. They couldn't get anything going on the ground with Nick Chubb, unfortunately. So, yeah, just all around yet another disappointing Sunday afternoon at the office for the Cleveland Browns. Boy, there are a lot of things that we can dissect in this game. One of the things that just is unbelievably glaring to me, and it may not be the first thing that people think about in this game, but when you have 98 yards and penalties, you're giving up an entire field. And it's just, we can get into the play calling, we can get into the defense, we can get into all those things. But you can't have those penalties, and I do think part of the penalties are, you know, because you've got a quarterback that's hanging out on the ball too long because he's still rusty, and I think that that's part of it. you got the illegal man downfield. You've got an offensive line that's holding left and right because you've got a quarterback that's hanging out of the ball. 100%. And also, too, they're they're getting to know each other. Like, Deshaun Watson is a difficult quarterback to block for, and what I mean by that is his mobility. And uh, unfortunately, uh, offensive linemen don't have eyeballs in the the back of their helmets. Maybe they need to get maybe they need to get some mirrors installed above their uh, the risers or whatever, so they can see what's going on behind them. But um, so it, it, it it's it, that's part of this process. Um, you're right. I mean, there was nothing down the field with for the most part for Deshaun today in so many instances, even when he was holding on to the ball. I'm looking forward to going back and watching the the all 22 uh, version uh, of the video because just even on TV, Andy, which we don't get to see all 22 on on, on you know t- when you're watching on TV, it just looked like there was nothing open down the field. And when you started to see Deshaun have some success and get into a little bit of rhythm, it was with those really short pass patterns where he's getting the ball out really, really fast. So um, kudos to the Bengals' defense uh, and their secondary. But, hey, Deshaun was 24 yards shy of becoming the first player to throw for 300 against the Bengals this season. Believe it or not, they had not allowed, and they still have not, but um, Cincinnati has not allowed a 300-yard passer, and, and Watson almost was able to, to, to pull that off. So, uh, and, and to your point about the penalties, at one point the Browns had more penalties than they did first downs. And that is just, it's, it's not a winning formula. And um, one drive alone 
the roughing the punter on Tony Fields, where he just totally had no body can, and even you could even see Stefanski tell him on the sideline when he came to get his butt chewed out that, hey man, body control, you got to have better body control instead of just blowing into the punter like that. That gave the Bengals new life, ended up costing him a touchdown. Also on that drive, you had an illegal hands to the face penalty on Isaiah Thomas. That cost Jadavian Clowney a sack. Clowney was pissed when he he found that penalty out. And then Denzel Ward getting called with the defensive pass interference. Three big penalties not only keep a drive alive, they help move the ball down the field and ultimately contribute to the first uh, touchdown uh, possession of the afternoon. And and really, I got to be honest with you, Andy, when the Bengals scored that touchdown, uh, Burrow threading the needle to Jamar. Yep. At seven nothing, I thought the game was over. I don't know about you, but at seven nothing, I thought the game was over, and it turns out I was right. It was. Um, I, I don't. <clears throat> I'm not going to say the game was over at that point. I, I they, I'm not saying you know, it was had, over. I felt that way. Like yeah, that I, I didn't really. The momentum of the game was going is like it just there was nothing. The Browns couldn't get anything going when they did. They had a penalty. And so when it when Cincinnati finally got on the board there, about just under ten minutes to go in the, in the first half, I'm like, yeah, that could be the ball game right there. Um, and you know, they there the were some bonehead things in the game that still no. like drive me nuts. Like Deion Jones, I almost jumped through the screen <laughs> after the interception, and he decided he was going to lateral it. Like on what planet? Like that? That's discipline. That's dumb. That was such a dumb play. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, you my phone's blowing up saying, Kevin this and the defense that and this and that. I'm going to go back to the first play at the end of the first series. <laughs> Excuse me, at the end of the first series, when he put Jacoby Brissett in. If Jacoby Brissett and Donovan Peoples-Jones connect where he was open and could have connected on a good pass, he he's a genius. People are like, oh, that's the Kevin Stefanski we know, designing great plays, blah, 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 blah. But it didn't. So Twitter blows up and and social media blows up. What is this guy doing? He's an idiot. Why is he our head coach? So I I just I look at situations like that. The other thing, too, and, you know, I I can find a lot of faults with Joe Woods when the defense is just getting shelled. But I'll tell you one thing Joe Woods can't do tackle. Right. If the guys are in the right spot to make the tackle, then I think maybe Joe Joe made the right call. But if these guys can't tackle. You can't give up 60 yards on two plays after your quarterback finally threw a touchdown pass after six quarters. That's ridiculous. But you know what? I don't blame Joe Woods on that because they that the tackling was absolutely craptastic, as you would say. It was brutal. And that's not Joe's fault. Joe's not the one making the tackles where the guy's in the right position. Maybe you give up a little bit of too much yardage on the first on the on the initial play. But after you make contact, I'm not blaming Joe for anything. That, that is pathetic. Their tackling is pathetic. It's been all season long. Now, if you want to get on the coaching staff about technique or driving home the discipline that you've got to bring these guys down, then you can maybe question the coaching staff on that. <laughs> but di- discipline doesn't seem to be there, and it's it's very bothersome on the missed tackles. And a lot of individual play, too which is uh, that's also been a theme and, and, it, and it, go, it goes back to the volume of talent on this team 
underperforming. And yes, the talent flashes every once in a while, like we saw with Miles Garrett, where he, again, took over another drive, right? Sacks Joe Burrow, very next play on third down, swats the ball back in his face. Um, but it, it just, it's, it's, a, it's, especially on the defensive side of the ball, it feels like there's 11 individuals out there and not uh, a team. And I will blame the coaching for that. Uh, I will blame the coaching for the tackling technique. I will blame the coaching staff, uh, again, for lack of discipline and things like that. I I don't think it's a well-coached team. I think that they draw up good schemes, both sides of the ball. I I think that their whiteboard material that they come up with, their game plans, their scripts, outstanding. No complaints, criticisms there. But when it comes to being off script and improvising and dealing with situations again, first quarter had to waste a timeout because the defense didn't know what the F they were doing. And everyone's looking around confused, having substitution problems again, like that's coaching that's on the coaching staff. So um, I, I hear you. You're right. Joe Woods can't go out and cover Joe Woods can't go out and tackle. Um, so it's not entirely all his fault. I just think that the blame is shared all the way around. I I don't think it's simply a coaching issue. I don't think it's a lack of talent. I don't think it's simply just a player issue either. I just think it's a cumulative, just nothing is working cohesively with this football team. And it's been that way since week one. Let's be honest about it. They escaped in week one. And I'm going to give Anthony Lima, our uh, morning show uh, host, some credit. Uh, he had a great tweet, and I think it's so. Uh, it, it just it it really sums up the state of the Browns, and that and the, not fooling ourselves into them being better than they are. The wins this year over a benched Panthers quarterback, a benched Steelers quarterback with no T.J. Watt. Burrow without Jamar Chase, washed up Tom Brady. I don't know if that's true, but although they they were getting drilled as we record this podcast right now, the, the Buccaneers are getting absolutely boat raced in San Francisco. And then, of course, Houston, who isn't exactly trying to uh, win a lot of football games. The bottom line, though, to just to sum up what Lima tweeted is, and it's a great point, the Browns have no quality wins. Maybe the Bengals, the Bengals, Bengals on Halloween. And you want to know why they played well on Halloween? Because the national TV cameras were on them and everybody decided to show up and be focused, come to work and put on a good show. And if they got that kind of effort, I don't know, eight or nine other times this season, we're having a completely different outlook about where this organization and football team is. So my it's just it's disappointing i just i feel like this whole season's been flushed and it, it it's it's frustrating because i really felt like an opportunity was there for them to make something this year out of this season and they didn't when we come back we're going to talk about accountability and some other issues from today's game again the browns fall to the cincinnati bengals and that snapped a five game winning streak against cincinnati as well in fact cincinnati keeps rolling they haven't lost since halloween since they lost to the browns 23 to 10 was the final we'll come back we'll have more of it's always game day in cleveland he's daryl i'm andy it's always game day in cleveland brought to you locally by smiley one heating cooling and plumbing bright and smiley one 
the right choice for your comfort. Daryl, I want to bring up something that was said, and I'll do it in a minute, um, about an 18-game schedule. And Jamal White and I had a really big conversation about that uh, in our postgame show on Spectrum. Um, And we were talking about talent. And the issue was, if you go to 18 games, I'd said to him, because Jerry Jones brought this up today. Jerry Jones said, hey, 18 games, not 20. And I said, well, good, go to 18 games. That makes sense. I can't wait to see it. And he goes, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, we just get rid of the preseason. And he was like, you can't get rid of the preseason. And I'm like, yes, you can. They play it in college. They don't have preseason in college. And he's like, this ain't college. And I go, I agree with you. I get that. But his biggest point was that your undrafted free agents will never get a look at regular game speed. And that's why you have to do it. And I said, what's the difference? The Browns aren't really keeping those guys anyway, because if you have a draft round number after your name, you're sticking. Well, I think the 18 game schedule is going to happen. They're going to do 18 games with a, hopefully a second bye week. Cause that's the concession to give a second bye week in the season. And then, cause also keep in mind, everybody's going to have to go overseas again. Okay. And that's just, you know, part of this or, or Mexico where they're going to have to leave the country and, and play a, a neutral site game uh, or two. Um, and uh, I could see the NFL going to college campuses to play games, uh, you know, where there's a hundred thousand seats available, things like that, you know, doing more gimmicky type of things. I agree a hundred percent though with Jamel, you can't get rid of the preseason. Maybe you go from three down to two games, but you got to keep a preseason of some sort or semblance. And then the other thing too, is you're going to see more joint practices. Um, it, it you know, I'm sure they can find some way to make because I, I think that joint practices are more beneficial to teams than a preseason game. And honestly, I would televise those. Have joint practices at the at, at the stadium. One team comes in to your place for two joint practices. You can sell tickets to it. You can televise it locally. It gives both teams opportunities to work on very specific situations, red zones and short yardage, down and distance, all those. Uh, type of things. And I think it's, you get more accomplished that way than with a quote unquote preseason game. So I do think that there's some pliability there. My concern though, is, is getting through it. Like, I mean, I covered a lot of Brown seasons where it was a struggle to get through the 16th game for the, for the organization. And when you have your bottom feeding teams, Andy, uh, that's going to be really, really tough. And additional games means risk of injury to star players. I mean, look at the, the 49ers. My, my goodness, look what's happened to them this year. Um, and I, I realize it's tough to really predict or control that type of stuff, but I, I do foresee an 18-game schedule. And if Jerry Jones is openly talking about it, that means it's coming. What he is doing, he's dropping the trial balloons. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, That's- no, I I just think they need to be at even numbers. That's the other thing, too. 17 is just a weird – it's just a weird number to be at. I, like, I, just, I just think you're better off at even numbers when you're trying to determine playoffs and, and all not, that. You're other not going to be 500. You're either going to be 8-9 and nine or 9-8, nine and eight, better or worse than that. You don't like that? Yes. No. Okay. No, I can live with 500. I'm okay with that. Speaking okay. of 500 – 
as we look I, and as, let's look back at the game a little bit more because I, Joe Burrow and you were going to talk about the win streaks here and the streaks about how Cincinnati continues to roll since Halloween. It's, it's amazing. They've won five in a row. We, we haven't seen the Browns win five straight games in like 40 years. I think I was in elementary school the last time the Browns won more than four in a row. I'm being a little sarcastic. I think it was 94 that they won four, uh, five in a row, but it's just, it's, it's, it bewilders me, Andy, that just like normal stuff that happens throughout the NFL here would be milestones for the Browns. That's the thing that just like boggles my mind. I, I, I joke with my friends sometimes. I say, you know, when I want to watch good football, I don't watch the Cleveland Browns. That's why I watch a lot of college football or I'll go to a high school game or I'll, you know, watch after the Browns game, the Sunday night game or, you know, whatever, you know, because I, I love the, I love football, but the Browns play so much bad football that if I want my real good football fix, like they're not it. Like they're, they, they've had three out of the last 22, 23 seasons where they've played some, some good football. And that's just, that's not a great ratio. Um, and I, I, I feel bad for fans. Uh, the 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 Watson progression here is is I told you so. This is what I thought it would be. Um, I anticipate as we keep going here week to week to week, he's going to continue to play better. It wouldn't shock me to see the Browns bounce back and beat the Ravens next weekend. Uh, remember, they're playing Saturday. Just to remind everybody, Saturday four thirty at First Energy Stadium. Um, National TV too. That should make you happy. That means it's a show, right? Oh, no, it's NFL. According to what you're saying. NFL Network doesn't count for national TV. It's the only uh, game being played at the time, though. It's got to count. Well, I just yeah. It's a part of a big triple header. Come on, man. <laughs> Work with me. Maybe we'll get the same kind of effort we saw against Cincinnati. Yeah, maybe. But I just. Hey, I think if, if they can win. The, I, I mean, I truly think that if you don't cut off your nose to spite your face, they could win the next four games. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So I want to give. I want to toss a couple of bouquets of flowers first. Uh, Miles Garrett for keeping the sack streak going against Joe Burrow. Yep. That's now, uh, I think, seven and five or eight seven. and five, something like that. Yep. Uh, and then uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, another 100-yard receiving game for him. Eight Although, catches, can I ask you a question? 15. Yeah. He, he, why didn't he use his hands on that pass into the end zone? He used his body rather than his hands. Yeah. We went through that play like ad nauseum after the game. If he uses his hands, that's a touchdown. Yeah, he didn't use his hands. Go ahead, sorry. Uh, no, I mean that's that's the cardinal sin is when you let the ball get to your body. Um, that's why I forget who the receivers coach was for the Browns, but he would run a drill during practice where they they uh, I know we're doing audio right now, but the receivers had to have their hands fully extended away from their body, and they would catch the and they'd make the triangle and they'd the catch, O the Ohio State O. Yep. Yeah, I mean they. And they would, they they would not be permitted to use use the the body as a a shield there to to box out. But um, I just I want to give DPJ some love because he did have a good game. I mean, I'm not I questioning mean, that for for as critical as I've been of Andrew Berry's draft picks because the kids are not that good. They're consistently inconsistent, and that's and I, I wrote my top takeaways. The way Andrew Berry has drafted these last three years is no way to build a team, and it's no way to sustain a winner. Quite frankly, his draft picks are not good enough, plain and simple. He's drafted like 22 guys. 
I got three guys out of the 22 that I think are studs. Then you got another 10 guys that are middle of the road. Sometimes they're going to flash. Sometimes, and then other times they're not going to flash. And then the rest of them are just, they, they probably don't even belong on an NFL roster. Like that, that's, it's just, it's not good enough. Um, but Donovan Peoples-Jones is a sixth round pick, a hell of a find by Andrew Barry. And um, I, I just, I think he deserves some love because his game has really uh, elevated. Uh, if you include his punt return yardage, he's, he's approaching a thousand yards, uh, total yards uh, for the season, um, which, uh, you know, uh, I, I did not think he was going to, going to have, but uh, he is, he's, he's having a really, really good year. And he's shown the ability to catch in traffic too, and make difficult catches. Um, he, you know, his production's not coming in garbage time. He has had meaningful uh, production. So I, I just had to make sure I showed Donovan Peoples-Jones some love because he's been really, really good this year. I want to throw this out at you too from today's game. Ready? Yep. Before the half, would you have let Cade York no. try a 68-yard field goal? Why not? Under no circumstances, no, because he's Why? had – He's had too many long kicks blocked. And the reason the kicks are getting blocked is because of the trajectory. He's had low trajectory because he's trying to drive the football. And I was worried. Why'd you draft this guy then? Well, why'd you draft him? Well, I didn't draft him to kick 67 yard field goals. I drafted him to kick 57 yarders. Um, I don't know if there's ever a spot where you hire, you, you drafted a kicker. That was it. I understand what you're saying. I don't disagree with what you're saying. Block kick return for a touchdown. And then guess what? It really is game over then. So it's a, it's, it's a lack of trust there. Do I think he has the talent or the ability? I, you know, I I don't want people saying that or thinking that I don't like Cade York or I don't think he's any good. That's not what I'm saying. Just that particular situation with the game being where it was at, they're down 10 points, get into the locker room. Um, I just, I, I just, 67 yard field goal cold those i just not the right conditions maybe if it's indoors i I consider it but not not outside um when it's cold and again um he's had some kicks long kicks blocked because of low trajectory and the last thing you want in that situation is not only a blocked field goal but cincinnati to be able to scoop that thing up and run it down for a touchdown. So that that was well. Yeah, I mean, you could have been. And, and let me bet. Let me double down on what you're saying because they had scored right before that, right, right, right before the half. Yes, and then that. And then if you would have given scored. them the opportunity to score again, and then they got the ball to start the second half, that could have been a 21 point swing pretty quick. Yeah. I, so I don't disagree. Yeah. The one thing I did get out of the last play of the I first did, half. Look, if I can pause you for a second, like sure. I, I, I would love to see him try one of those at some point. Just for the hell of it, right? Right. I just i I don't know what the right situation is for that, though. That's you know about as close as it gets, though. I, I know, but maybe if the Browns were leading thirteen to three, I would have felt differently. And like, they, right. like, ah, the hell would it go for it? You know what? Whatever. Or you know, and you're playing a bad team that you know you 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 got them down, and if the thing gets blocked or whatever, who cares? I do want to see him try a field goal like that at some point, but Sunday was not the situation to play around with that. All right. I have a, well, let me do this in 30 seconds. So the one thing I did get out of the the play that they did run was I wanted to see Deshaun Watson try to air the ball out after that. Like I, I, you know, you watch him throw that Hail Mary at the end of the first half. And I'm like, 
do we have anybody that can get downfield real quick second half or Deshaun can show us his arm strength and you know, throw the ball more than 15, 20 yards, or was that all coverage? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, when they were throwing 15, 20, 25 yards down the field, or he, I, I look, I think he was looking to throw downfield, and that's why you saw him sitting in the pocket as much as he was, and it led to a couple of those sacks and things like that because Bengals were just covering it so well. I, I just – I don't think the opportunities were there. Again, I got to see the, the all-22 to really see how things develop down the field because when you're watching on TV – you don't get to see that type of thing. But based on what I was seeing on TV, Andy, it just it looked like the Bengals were dropping everybody back and saying, okay, read what we're doing and try and beat us with your arm while doing it. And um, for, I would say, two and a half to three quarters worked, worked really, really well. And then Watson kind of started to warm up there in the late third quarter, fourth quarter. But, yeah, they're just – I don't think there was a lot downfield. So I don't think this is a matter of not allowing Deshaun to show off his arm and, and stuff like that. I just don't know if the opportunities were there for him to do so. All right. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. More post-game mortem. Is that right? Post-mortem on the post-game show. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. Coming up. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. The Browns lose to the Cincinnati Bengals 23 to 10. The Browns return home uh, with their five and eight record, five and nine record, I should say, right now. Five. They're five what and the, eight. What's ahead for the Browns? And the schedule seems to be pretty favorable, but I'm also looking forward to seeing what happens next week. I'm what sorry. Did you say the schedule favorable? I'm sorry. Did you? Did I hear that right? You think you think the schedules? So they got the first place Ravens coming in Saturday. You're right. Saints. Yeah, Saints suck. I I have to admit that. Uh, I can't I can't homer shill on that one. Even though I was born in New Orleans, the Saints suck this year. Uh, Washington Commanders are in playoff contention, and then uh, uh, yeah, they they should mop the floor with the Steelers, but. Nah. Here, here, here's a question for you. Is anyone going? Is anyone going to give a crap at what? What are they calling that place in Pittsburgh now? What's the name of that? I state? forgot the name of it. I don't even know what they call the the old ketchup bottle down there in uh, in Pittsburgh. But um, uh, is anyone going to give a crap about that game? <laughs> and we the Pittsburgh it, game. Yeah, anybody who doesn't get to return home on the bus, <laughs> January seventh. Or here's the best part, right? So similar to this, this Ravens game uh, was a uh, either going to be a Saturday or Sunday. They ultimately decided to have it Saturday uh, at four thirty. Similar situation for Week eighteen. They're going to bury that thing. The NFL is going to find the worst window. They might play that game Saturday at one. And quite frankly, I'm kind of hoping for it. Let's just get the season over with at that point. But um, is that I'll a flex say, game? Yeah, yeah. That is a flex game. Okay. Yeah, Week seven. Yeah, so. The entire league is flexed that weekend. Huh. I, I believe the entire league is flexed that that weekend. And how many Saturday game windows are there? Uh, I believe there's three. And then because they want to make sure, I think, that, I don't remember if there's, I got to look it up. I, I just know the Browns wouldn't even be eligible for it. But like, may, you know, the Sunday night football game, they'd want to make sure that that is like a division right. title is on the line type mm-hmm. of thing. So, yeah, that's. That's a flex weekend, but yeah. All right, yeah, let's – I'm making the executive decision. We're going to play that one Saturday, January okay, 7th at 1 p.m. 
It's the get this the hell over with bowl <laughs> because both of these teams blow and nobody wants to watch them. And uh, I'm going to say to your, to be fair to you, even though I have to, I, I had to mock you because that's just what I do. I'm a jerk like that. Okay. That's fine. I do you know what's crazy? I didn't hear you because my speakers went out. I saw you laughing about something. Okay. Like, what are you laughing about? Um, I do think they're going to go three and one down the stretch. So wait a minute. What'd you, I, I'm sorry. This sucks because I, I missed the beginning of that because I had music blaring in my ears from a, another open window that I forgot I had to close. How bad did you rip me? I missed it. I didn't rip you bad. I just, oh, okay. I, I just kind of was, uh, you know, mocking you for saying that the schedule was favorable, even though it is favorable, even though they're a first place team, a playoff contender on the schedule. And, uh, you know, Deshaun's going to get better again next week. I think Deshaun is they, also this on the schedule. You know who daddy is, right? The Ravens? The Steelers. Oh, the Steelers. The Steelers are daddy. <sighs> Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Hopefully a DeLorean and we can just what is like, the What is the organization learning about themselves? Let's play this game. Oh, God. Why are the Browns smarter about themselves? What could the Browns do to be better? Oof. <sighs> Or do they believe they're already there? I think they believe that they're better than they really are. I think that they believe that they're close. Uh, I, I think that Andrew Barry went into last offseason thinking the missing piece was the quarterback. And that's why they went all out to get Deshaun. And what we've learned, what what we've actually learned is, yes, there's a lot of talent on the team, but they don't play like a team. And uh, the defense isn't nearly as good as, as it needs to be. Um, I, I think the offensive line, I think both tackle positions you got to look at this offseason. Uh, your center position you have to look at this offseason. Um, you know, Kareem Hunt's probably not coming back. And if I were him, I wouldn't come back. I'm actually in his corner on that. Um, so, yeah, I, and – you know they'll they'll do the the financial gymnastics with the the salary cap. I'm not worried about that. I know there are there's a segment of Browns fans that are like, oh my god, they have no salary cap space and no first round pick, so they're doomed. I don't know if it's that extreme. Uh, you are right; they don't have the first round pick, but um, salary cap space can be create. Cre I mean, the New Orleans Saints created about a hundred million dollars in salary cap space with like the stroke of six pens. It, I mean. Granted, they had to get rid of some talent to do it, but it, it, it can be done. You can manipulate that. And, and the Browns have a lot of intelligent people in their front office that are really good with numbers, and they can you know manipulate that. So I am not worried about the Browns' salary cap space. I, I'm worried about Andrew Berry's ability to draft and find guys that can flat out come in here and play that are not first-round picks. That's what I'm worried about because like you, you, unfortunately you need that. You need those third through seventh round picks. You need to find more diamonds in the rough than Andrew Barry has found. Donovan Peoples Jones, diamond in the rough. Sixth round pick. Yes. Great. What about the rest of the classes for three years? You know what I'm saying? So I, I just, um, I, I think the drafting needs to be a lot better because the, Yes, when you have young players, they're going to make mistakes. It just, and I wrote this in my top takeaways too, Andy. It just, it feels like 
the young kids for as consistently inconsistent as they are. And again, the excuse there or the fair argument there is, well, they're young, they're young players. They're learning it, whatever. Well, I don't have time for guys that are learning on the job when I'm trying to compete for the playoffs and win. Um, that's, I think the most disappointing thing for me is that these last two years, I, since they made the playoffs and were literally one, two or three, take your pick plays away from the conference championship game, Andy, it feels like they're light years two two years down the road from that. It feels like they are the Grand Canyon away from the playoffs, let alone the conference championship game. This this franchise has regressed. The talent might be a little better, right? But they've regressed. The product on the field has significantly regressed, and that's that's just really really disappointing. It really is. Daryl, last point tonight. I'm just curious, and this is from the game. Greedy Williams, a healthy scratch today. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of curious as to what's going on there. Uh, that was a little uh, surprising. The uh, you know the 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 secondary is pretty healthy. Um, I'll be interested to see the the breakdown of the snap counts uh, that come out late tonight, early Monday morning. But, um, yeah, that's it's pretty telling. Um, in Barry's defense, though, I don't think he drafted Greedy Williams. True. All right, my very last question of the podcast, the post-game pro- podcast. It's very important. Very, very important. Are you currently trying to grow a mustache? No. It looks that way. I don't. I So, when I don't – when I'm not – Meredith, does it look like he's trying to grow a mustache? I'm just curious. Not trying to grow. It's just I haven't shaved. That's all it is. I will pr- I will probably shave tomorrow for the Zooms that we'll do uh, on Monday and Tuesday this week. So I will shave uh, tonight. But, okay. yeah, um, I I did not shave. The last time I shaved was Thursday night. So Okay. Just checking in. Looking this, out is for not, you, my friend. this is not the first time this has happened, by the way. This happened- I know, but today, I don't know if it's the lighting or what, or maybe it's because the the rearrangement in your studio of the things that are going on, which is currently under construction, that maybe it's it is a, a lot brighter in here. So maybe that's what it is. You know, I got more light on me, but no, I am not. I do not try and grow facial hair because number one, it looks terrible on me. Number two, it's there's just not enough of it to grow to begin with. And, uh, yeah, so this is just sheer laziness on my part. I didn't have anyone where I needed to go or whatever. So I'm like, yeah, I don't have to shave for a few days. I'll save a razor. Gotcha. There you go. It's always game day in Cleveland. This has been the post game edition. We will drop again on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, thanks for listening. He's Daryl. I'm Andy. We want to thank Meredith Kane, our amazing producer. Uh, the Browns lose to the Bengals. We now look forward to what is next. And then we start looking forward to the future. Uh, over the next couple of weeks with this team. Um, Daryl, thank you very much. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. If you want to be a part of the podcast, then all you have to do is hit us up on social media at Game Day CLE on both Twitter and Instagram. Hashtag Daryl Needs a Shave. Thanks for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.